Testing, testing. Here we go. Ha ha. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> you better have that clip ready. Here we go. Ha ha. What just happened? Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the last episode of the Spider-Man Retrospective here on the Waffle Press Podcast. I'm your host, Doggo Drespo. And I'm Katz Moringo. We're here to talk about Spider-Man Far From Home, the final Spider-Man movie for the foreseeable future. Just kidding. They'll never stop making these. Uh, apparently, they want to do nine of them. That's not a terrible idea. We'll see how it goes. It wasn't uh, but... a terrible idea until <laughs> a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Coming off of Avengers, Infinity War, and Endgame, Spider-Man Homecoming is essentially useless now because he is now an, an Avenger-ish question mark. They still haven't definitively, definitively like declared whether or not he is or wants to be. Um, I don't know what this movie's stance is on anything if i'm being honest but peter parker goes to vacation in europe with his science school class um i don't know why they go to europe for a science class but uh they, they do that jb smooth is in this movie and he made me laugh thanks everyone <laughs> well that's what i got. all like right and subscribe if you didn't like this like and subscribe anyways because you might find something you do like well well diego before we go uh. before we go <laughs> i i have i have some questions for you Mm-hmm. are you blind when you're born i i think can so. you see in the dark what are you doing there you look at a king what's happening what do you sit on his throne? Is it no? Are you can no, you say that you your bike no. that it's worse than your bark? Are you the cock of the walk when you're walking alone? Because jellicles are angelicals do. Cut to the trailer. I think Nick Fury just hijacked our summer vacation. Awesome. You got gifts, Parker. But we have a job to do. Are you going to step up or not? You're all alone. Your friends are in trouble. What are you going to do about it? Cats, baby! Oh, no! Cats, no. baby! Jellicle cats! Uh, Life no. to the everlasting cat. Practical cats. Dramatical no, no. cats. Pragmatical cats. <laughs> we will talk about Far From Home for a little bit of this episode, but as it turns out, after our, not not like a rave retrospective <laughs> on Homecoming, but we were like, hey, yeah, that still holds up. That was pretty good. Uh, Far From Home is is not the worst Marvel movie, but it might be the most pointless one. Yeah, here's what I'm going to say about <laughs> Far From Home. Because um, I want to say as little as possible. <laughs> And I actually do have points to make, so just just so everyone knows, but go Good ahead. Good luck, Matt. fucker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've seen a Marvel film yet that I've watched, and just through basically the entire runtime, I felt nothing. I felt so little watching Far From Home. Like, I'm not angry, even. Like, I wasn't... See like, sometimes, like, laziness will, like, really bother me. I think Jurassic World did that a lot. Not that that's the only problem with that film, but if there was something I noticed first, it was that how incredibly lazy that film was. Like that'll like usually like I get more annoyed with laziness than total failure. But like here, like I I just couldn't bring myself to care. 
about anything. And, like, I can't even care enough. Like, I, I, I don't even want to be, like, angry at it. Like, I just don't. I want it to go away. <laughs> I want us to all just be like, ah, right, whatever, and just stop. Honestly, after this episode, I've been tweeting a lot about Marvel stuff lately, so I know that's been pissing you off. Oh, um, oh, it definitely has. <laughs> but no, no, I think it's it's good that these movies are at least for them, for their output, they're taking a break until next year, which is honestly a huge relief. I think we're only getting two Marvel movies next year, which is like unheard of at this point. Well, now we're it's going to be the thing of we're going to be getting Marvel films and then streaming series. Yeah, so. which I guess someone will tell me about someday cuz I I don't I don't care. But. Have they yet to announce if they're when the streaming stuff starts, are they going to drop every episode at once or is it going to be like a weekly thing like the CBS bullshit? You know, I don't know. I've been so tuned out of it. I just know what shows that they have coming up. Cuz that but like, like I, I don't know. Of the nonsense I dislike about the like now we're getting like tiered streaming services and stuff. I dislike the ones that are doing like the weekly releases of their show. I can't, I cannot stand that. Yeah. The so. DC streaming services have been doing that. And mm. I guess that's not working out for them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they just renewed Sorry. something, right? Like didn't yeah, Doom, they Patrol renewed just Doom Patrol and young justice. And I saw the mm. pilot episode of Doom Patrol. Very pleasant surprise. I, I I've really heard it's, I've, I've heard it's really good. Yeah. Um, but then like Swamp Thing, isn't Swamp Thing not even out and it's already canceled. Uh, Swamp Thing was like they they ended production at episode ten when they had like a thirteen episode run, mm. and then they they just like stopped promoting it or something like that. Oh wow! Yeah, which is too bad because apparently like the VFX in that are like amazing movie level stuff. Mm-hmm. But like I, I haven't seen anything. From well, it. if you do Swamp Thing right, it could be incredible. Um, all the like, all the like. Although I still I don't know how this shit works. DC's in a weird predicament because I think their best stories are with their like C-list characters, but you can't do a lot of their C-list characters without a greater universe, you know? Yeah. Like there's the, the like one of the best Swamp Thing comics ever is one where he fights Batman, <laughs> like, and you just can't do that. So I think they're in a weird position. It's very weird, and like not to already get completely away from Far From Home. Um, no, further, like further. We get to get farther from home. Furthest from home. Um, yes. But I think that's, again, I bring up the DC TV shows a lot on the CW. Uh, not not always home runs, to say the least, but uh, Legends of Tomorrow is just like an amalgamation of like Doctor Who, uh, Star Trek, and like the most minor characters that you could take out of every series and not miss a beat. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, this great action comedy series about, like, love and friendship and fighting weird space monsters and demons. And it's really good. Like, I can't recommend all the other shows to people that aren't into that already. But I could recommend Legends of Tomorrow to anyone. Mm-hmm. And you're probably gonna like it. Like, it's it's great. I just like the vibe of those shows, you know? Like, mm-hmm. they make me feel happy. <laughs> in a way we're like because they're pretty simple and that's kind of what i like about them mm-hmm. and but they're also i don't know they just i don't know comics seem to have like lost the comic book movies and comics in general seem to have like lost their way in recent years and i don't know if there's a way back or if there really should be i think maybe we should just let it end <laughs> <laughs> move on to the next thing yeah i think it's just well it's like 
comics just don't make sense today anymore. Like the like the serialized superhero comic, you know. Mm-hmm. We just don't yeah. read comic books like that anymore. And also, we're now we're dealing. We, we only get the same characters over and over again because no one wants to make any new characters because everyone wants to own their characters because the comic book industry has historically ripped creators off. <laughs> so, like, we're just gonna get the same seven type of stories from each character, and then they're gonna reboot it every ten years. <laughs> so it's like they've really. It was weird. They. I remember reading about Marvel starting out when Marvel really started to do like long form storytelling at the start. And they were like, no one had tried that before because the mentality was every eight years or so you had a whole new audience because kids grow up and stop reading comics. And then Marvel was like, no, no, we're going to keep telling these long stories. But now it seems like it's like the worst of both worlds <laughs> where it's like you already need to be indoctrinated to get it but then it's constantly restarting supposedly to get new audiences but then it just caters to the same audience mm-hmm. so and it's like that's why it's so funny in the comics industry is like pick up more comics like support your local comic shops by buying the big two mm-hmm. and it's like well no one no one's buying comics anymore because you, there's no entry point <laughs> You yeah, know. there's no there's no entry point, and there's no exit point. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's it's like you're only you only read them if you're already into them. And at least now we're at a point where I feel like I'm comfortable recommending like older comics to people, you know? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, yeah. oh, if you if you like this character, read this or something like that. Like that seems cool because now their characters are just so mainstream. There was a fucking Shazam movie. We had two Captain Marvel movies in one year, even though one of them legally can't be called Captain Marvel. Yeah, and I liked both. Yeah, they were both nice. Yeah, I liked them both a lot more than this movie. Oh yeah, um, yeah. You don't want any part of this. I just, I watched, I, I was just, I was so, J.B. Smooth, like you said, is in this movie, and they give him fucking nothing. Like Here's what I'll, here's what I'll say, though. This is completely just my takeaway from the movie, because whenever the Mysterio, like, elementals show up, he's mm. always like, witches, right? So mm. my, my headcanon is that he saw the new Suspiria from 2018, and it just <laughs> scared the shit out of him. And so when they go to Europe, he's like, oh no, it's happening. He's actively terrified of everything going on. Yeah. But, yeah, I just, I don't know, like, he got, like, he he, uh, he did make me laugh, but it feels like J.B. Smooth should have been stealing every scene he was in. Because J.B. Smooth, if, if you don't know J.B. Smooth, he's, like, he's one of those, like, um, notoriously funny, like, guys who's never really had his due. Like, he's never been huge, I don't think. Yeah, no. I, I haven't even seen Curb Your Enthusiasm. I just know oh, he's him, like, great. other bit roles. He's great on that. He's He was on the Chris Rock show, I believe. Um, he was the narrator of the film Pootie Tang. <laughs> the masterpiece. Um, if you can ignore the fact that it's directed by sex pervert Louis C.K. No, no, no. Uh, but that's okay, because didn't he like disown it or something like that? Oh, yeah, that? he disowned it. It got taken away from him by the studio, so... Yeah, it's like the best-case scenario of that ever happening. And he says he doesn't like the final version. He's wrong. Pootie Tang is a masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, it's fucking incredible. And he was also... 
I believe he's famous for being an SNL writer. Where, because you know, SNL every week you have to pitch your idea, your skit ideas, mm-hmm. and I believe everyone said he had the funniest pitches that were impossible to film, <laughs> and he got like maybe two on the show during his whole career. Oh, <laughs> like, like I, I think one of them was he was like, um, a pirate with two eye patches. <laughs> like that was the whole skin. Like. <laughs> I think one he might have gotten on was, he, was the pitch was just a woman, but she's pregnant in her ass. <laughs> what? I know. <laughs> um, but no, he's 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 good in this. But like, it's that this is like the peak of that Marvel brand comedy where it's like, yeah, that's funny, and you move on to the next scene, and none of it mattered. Yeah, it's there was a lot of that in this one, which I felt like. Homecoming, I, I credit it for like steering away from it for the most part. I would still call Homecoming a good movie, despite the follow up. Um, but yeah, it's I can just, watch it as its own thing and be like, "That was a, a nice little entry point for the Spider-Man." Yeah, and that I'm waiting for that sequel because, like, let, let me let me say this really quick: Why did Spider-Man have to go to Europe for this movie? I don't like, for, know for this journey. I, um, was there tax breaks for filming there? I don't know. There must have been. I have no idea. I mean, all right. It's not the worst idea. Like, put Spider-Man in a new environment. That's fun. Also, like, the whole joke is that uh, Nick Fury is actually the one kind of puppeting the whole thing. So, like, he he's the reason the science team's going to Europe. And it's like, oh, I got it. It's a cover for some bullshit. But... Uh, yeah, I don't know why it didn't mean anything <laughs> at all. Like, yeah, it, it was fun to see Spider-Man, like, you know, in Venice. Like, that's a fun idea. Like, he's in Venice, but they don't do much with it. And, yeah, I don't I don't know. Um, it was just, again, like, I got nothing. And that's why <laughs> when that fucking trailer for the Cats movie dropped... <laughs> As like as like the nightmare prisms in my brain opened, as I just took in the fucking just Buster for Jones and Rum Tug Tugger and all this shit, it just it. I was like, I hurt myself today to see if I still feel. <laughs> you can have it all. <laughs> No. My empire of dirt. Stop. It's... I felt something (laughs) watching that trailer. And I had felt so little in the theater this year. (laughs) Oh, no. It's a bad year for movies. Like, there's some great shit. You and I liked Godzilla, I think, more than, like, anyone else, maybe. Yeah, everyone else seems to be like it was terrible, but... Yeah, um, but there's pockets of people, for sure, but, like... Those people must have slept when they went to the Atlantic City at the center of the Earth. (laughs) Oh, yeah, no, I guess they discover Atlantis or something. It's from the... It's in... The the thing I love about the movie is that it really tried, and I'm not, I don't believe it succeeded, but it really tried to tie the fucked up mythology of Godzilla together, because the Atlanteans are in, um, fucking the Godzilla franchise, <laughs> and Monster Zero and all that shit, like, 
it was that it was something. But again, yeah, no one seemed to like it. I seem to be responding to a lot of movies that people hate. Like I, I really love the dead don't die. Um, which my my co-host here gave one star, I believe. One and a half stars. One and a half. Uh, I did okay. watch Nick's fears, uh, her her review on it on YouTube, and it it opened up my mind to possibilities uh, as well as your take. So I'll rewatch it eventually, but I I didn't feel anything during that movie. It might be my favorite movie of the year so far. Jesus Christ. Other than Us, Us is number one. Oh, Us, uh, Us is the shit. But I also uh, I loved Alita, which got yeah, Alita, very mixed which reviews. Got mixed reviews, and that's the thing. All right, here's where I'm coming from with this fucking cat's shit. Like everyone out, all of you suck because <laughs> these fucking Marvel movies come out. And everyone's like, good enough. And then, like, it's... They talk about, like, oh, I love the part with it. Or then even the people who hate it go on about it too fucking much. But then something like Cats comes out. And it's a legit disaster. And it looks like a mess. And it's ill-conceived. And it's wrong-headed. And you're all, like... You're all just dunking on it. <laughs> we should be celebrating Cats. This is a fucking gift from God. <laughs> it's proof that God loves us. That we were given this Cats movie. Because it's not going to work, but we're going to get it. Oh, no. Let, let me just say. One, I was ecstatic to see it just immediately. The first official day of Comic-Con. Overtake all the news that was coming out of there. They're like, yes. yeah, yeah, Marvel panel tomorrow. Cats trailer drops. The internet's aflame with taste. Oh, my God. It was all it, it was like a full like two day thing of just oh, everyone great. just watching new people discover it. I I think I said to you I haven't felt such unity since the <laughs> September 11th attacks. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> am I one wrong? Episode. Just am one I wrong? Episode. No, am, you're am, not wrong. <laughs> am I wrong? <laughs> no, you're not. You're not. You're not wrong. Hey, if, but... if you want me to stop talking about 9/11, you got to show me shit that doesn't have parallels to 9/11. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I mean, Cats is just like it's more perfect than I ever imagined. More it's the perfect, perfect. monster. I hate you. <laughs> it's horrifying. It's it looks like it's filmed incompetently. Well, I mean, it's a Tom Hooper film. It's so, Tom. It's know. a Tom Hooper movie who is who sucks. But. Yeah. Uh, if you've ever seen a Tom Hooper movie and you've liked it, don't rewatch it. Just carry that memory of it with you mm. and like leave it be. Also, the Danish girl is the worst movie ever made, and that might I'm, be not hyperbole. It, it is that it was. Uh, that was the one where like his movies were always like kind of bad, but I didn't really have an opinion of them. But like the Danish girl was like, "Oh fuck you!" <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but this is again, they got a guy who who has no skill to try and turn a musical with no plot into a two-hour narrative. <laughs> Idris Elba's a cat. Idris Elba's in this. Apparently they made fun of him on the set of Hobbs and Shaw because that's like because that cast is all just like bro dudes and stuff like that, right? And I, I like most of those movies. Uh, Fast Eight kind of killed the franchise. Maybe we'll see in long term. Um, but like they were just giving him the worst time apparently, and that's well. That's I wish amazing. he had. I wish he had a movie to prove them wrong, but he doesn't. Aww. I believe he's he's McCavity, the mystery cat. He's the villain. Oh my so, god! The closest thing that story gets to a villain, I guess. <laughs> but 
But again, it was like, everyone reacted that, like, Alita, the trailer dropped, and everyone's like, her eyes are weird. And, like, that was enough to, like, kill hype for that movie. Like, whereas we all should have been like, it's fucking Robert Rodriguez and James Cameron making a movie. Like, I'm not sure it'll be good, but we should all at least, like, stop. And now, like, the fucking Irishman trailer just dropped, and everyone's already like, eh, the eyes don't look fucking perfect. And I'm like, fuck you. It's fucking Pacino's Jimmy Hoffa. Fucking Pesci's back. It's a Scorsese film. Like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, like you, we deserve for it to go straight to Netflix, you bastards. <laughs> like, everyone's just... Ugh. Like, like, the fucking Mulan trailer came out, and because Mulan didn't have the songs in it, people were like, what is this? Oh, that was I the just weirdest want... thing. I, yeah, but that like... movie looks awesome. <laughs> No, it looks so good. It looks yeah. like a real movie. That's the big thing. I know, because Mulan, like, I, like, Mulan's one of those ones, frankly, I think a lot of people love more nostalgically than it, like, actually being a good movie. And I like Mulan, but it's not, like, a perfect film. Uh, it is, but go ahead. No, no, it's a lot of fun. Um, it's Mushu, I guess. Everyone likes Mushu. M- Mushu doesn't need to... Mushu has problems. For the film, there, uh, that's my that's my conceit to that argument. I do, all right, I gotta ask this question. Mm-hmm. Why is every ethnicity when they're presented in film and like they like oh the family's getting together? Why no matter who they are, they're portrayed like Italians? <laughs> I don't know. Like all like all the ghost ancestors in fucking Mulan are always bickering <laughs> and talk. It's just. I don't know. It's like, like my big fat Greek wedding. Like you could just you could take Greek out. You can make it any family, and you don't have to change any of the plot. <laughs> the only one that doesn't make sense is like uh, crazy rich Asians. Yeah. Which oh my god, um, I forgot how I this came up in conversation with someone I was talking about Far From Home with. And we were, like, saying, like, yeah, you know, like, Crazy Rich Asians isn't, like, the best movie ever. But, like, oh, my God, it's refreshing to watch, like, a romantic comedy that's, like, a real movie, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> With, yeah. like, a color palette and, like, acting. With stakes. I didn't really, like, that movie was just, it was weird to me. Mm-hmm. I, I could go on about Crazy Rich Asians. There's a lot yeah. going on in that movie. I, I don't think uh, it's great, and I've got issues, too, but, like, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> What's the one? There was a there was a there's a rom, there's a rom com on Netflix now that everyone's been talking about. Uh, uh, Always be my maybe. It's, yeah, it's 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 fine. Uh, it does that weird thing where it's like here's a woke joke, but you're not sure if like the wokeness is the joke. Yeah, <laughs> or you know, uh, I hate um, that. really really uh, cute ending though. Really okay. really touching ending. Well, I think rom coms get like you know short end of the stick sometimes. I think people are down on rom coms too much. You know, I, I'd agree with that. Like, I'd still recommend Always Be My Maybe. Like, I, I like it, you know. Fucking uh, bro director Tarantino admits to crying watching rom-coms on airplanes. Well, it wasn't, like, one of the, his favorite movies of 2016 or something like that? Like, The Internship or something? I think or it was. The Intern? Yeah, it was The Intern. Yeah, and it's like, hey, you know what? Say what you will about the guy. Like, he's got a pretty diverse, like, taste in movies. You do you, Quentin. <laughs> Yeah, just, just all, fucking take care of your people on set and we won't have any more problems. Put all them feet on the screen. I, what was it with Once Upon a Time? Like, everyone's feet were filthy. Well, I mean, to be fair, I'm gonna... This is gonna be weird. Sorry. <laughs> to be fair, 
it was the like 60s 70s like hippie era like everyone was barefoot and all that. like i think he was like just really leaning into something that did make sense i, I guess and like everyone was walking in bare feet and shit but um i like, can't like the imagine. manson cult people like that makes sense you know yeah well i thought like when i saw that and like they do a close-up of the manson girl's feet and they're like they, those were like the most filthy feet in the film I was like, oh, maybe he's like actually trying to use it to be like, oh, see, it's a sign of the poor things to come. But then it's like everyone's feet is in this. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Here's a reading of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, let's just do it. I'll, I'll hop back and forth between Far From Home, but we're this is basically how the episode's going to play out. You don't. You don't need to. Um, no, I have I have takes that I need to get out there. Don't bother. Um, I'm doing it. The breakup of Rick Dalton and Cliff Booth. As Spoilers meta- for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's That's not a spoiler. It's the fucking... If you don't see that coming, you're not watching the fucking movie. <laughs> you didn't watch the trailer for the fucking movie. As a metaphor for the breakup of Tarantino from the Weinstein Company. Hey, <laughs> I don't know how serious you are with that. Um, but... well, Cliff Booth probably killed his wife. Well, no, that's the thing. Cliff Booth totally killed his wife. It's whether or not it was intentional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? but he probably let her die. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a movie. It's the only movie I think in Tarantino's like filmography that blatantly and actively addresses like the misogynistic tendencies of its characters you know like it's kind of in hateful eight but i think it leans a little too far in another direction at, by the end of it um a movie that i love still but like here it's uh even when they're like getting the cut like he's doing the inglorious bastards thing again with the manson cult and i think it plays a little weirder here just because like we know the protagonist is a bad person. It is It is definitely weirder, but... um, Not to get into it, because it is a movie, so it's not mm-hmm. real life. Um, Which the movie's point is that, too, that it's not yeah. real, and that's very sad by the end. Yeah, and real, real spoilers here for a second. I'll try not to say it, but you probably could put it together. Um... I guess uh, I don't really feel so bad about what happens at the end. Mm-hmm. In a way, I don't feel bad about what happens to Nazis in films. Um, because uh, you should maybe read some of the testimonies of the, the Manson girls about what happened that night. And uh, yeah. And yep, yeah, I understand. They were manipulated and abused by Charles Manson. I, uh, they, they are victims in a way, but, uh, yeah, it's going to take a little more for me to be that sympathetic. If uh, you know let, me, let me be clear. I 100% agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, completely. Uh, but I also get people being a little uncomfortable given the history of the filmmakers treatment of women. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I get yeah. it. Yeah. But it's just, I, there's, I, there's, there's more to it. I mean, I hate when I... If that feels like such a obnoxious thing when you're like, there's more to it. Because I think people can see that there's more to it and still not like it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there is definitely an encouragement online to just go at the surface. Um, I remember I remember a lot of that when uh, like again, there's like like all his movies have very problematic elements, but I feel like people aren't willing to probe deep enough sometimes with like they they sometimes when they see problematic shit in the movie, they dismiss the entire film and don't want to figure out what it's maybe saying. And because you can, it can still be problematic and saying something. Yeah, I'm saying. yeah. And you can still not like it. I mean, I, I, I walked out of that movie going like, that's a movie people are going to hate. <laughs> and frankly, that's getting rarer and rarer these days. Um, not sure if that's a good or bad thing. I think when movies are like good, I mean, this is all subjective at the end of the day, but like when we come across a really great movie, like in the last few years, I think they're some of the best. That, that have ever been, you know? Mm-hmm. But when they get, like, yeah, like, middling responses, it's very disheartening because those are the most movies that are coming out right now, especially this year. And so to at least, like, talk about a movie for more than, like, a weekend, it just feels nice. It's like, oh, yeah, that's what we're supposed to be doing. And Once Upon a Time in Hollywood gave that to me. You know? If... If someone doesn't want to see it, though, I'm not, I'm not going to begrudge them totally. Oh no, I would it, never. You know? I would never. I never believe in saying someone has to see a movie or be like. That's why I hate like the idea of the canon, where it's like here's the films that like must see movies that are perfect. Like I don't believe in that. Mm-hmm. Like I don't believe any movie's perfect, and you can get stuff out of any movie. That's why I like The Dead Don't Die, even though everyone's probably right for hating that movie, <laughs> but. Yeah, and that's why I'm excited about fucking Cats, because it's going to be a mess. <laughs> like, I don't think anyone understands what's coming. I, the problem is, w- w- watching the trailer about 30 times, uh, you can tell that Tom Hooper failed <laughs> entirely. <laughs> because well, he always fails. That's the good thing about Tom Hooper. He's well, the they, most like, reliable filmmaker in Hollywood. He's Yeah, I guess. But it's like, did you see Les Mis? Unfortunately. Yeah, like the. Remember how awful the editing and staging was in that. It gets even worse because I fucking everything was shot in like maximum close up. Yes. Like what? Who the fuck? You you're filming one of the biggest musicals of all time, and everything's in a fucking close up or like medium shot. Go fuck yourself! Oh my god. Well, remember the the whole thing about that movie was like how they wanted to capture the performances, like the faces of everyone. You know how to fucking capture performance on camera, <laughs> motherfuck. Yeah. Well, I some for some reason there are directors out there who believe you can only get a performance if you have them in extreme close-up, which I don't understand. He seems to be pulling back a little bit for the Cats movie, which seems like a mistake because it's uh, the weirdest thing. The frames look very empty at times. Yeah, it's like okay, he heard the criticism about the close-ups, wide shots now. Yeah, but he never learned how to like use them. Well, one thing I I learned about this if you watch the uh, the behind the scenes video that was released to like hype us up for the trailer. <laughs> um, oh, with, I am aware. With everyone's fav- favorite uh, James Corden. These are people, but they're cats, and this is kind of blowing my mind. Yep, what a take. I think Eddie Redmayne said something equally stupid in the. Because they did a similar video for Les Mis where they were like, no, you don't understand, we did all the music live. Like, <laughs> I hope they didn't do it with Cats, but hey. Well, Eddie Redmayne's only good performance is in Jupiter Ascending. 
I know, that's crazy, everyone isn't knows. It? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And that, it's even crazier because he's like, oh, that's a performance I'm not proud of. It's like, I've seen your other movies. Mm. You should take that back. <laughs> they built, like, actual set. They built, like, giant sets for the cat people. <laughs> like, and that's what I, you know, they didn't need to do that. If, like, the sets look great. And it's just, but then they populate it with CGI monstrosities. <laughs> and they, like, if you look, they, I guess they did some mocap, but it's mostly just the actors in, like, spandex, and then they did, like, complete CGI over them. Like, with no mocap. Like, they just kind of guess. so weird. I, yeah. I mean, they did the same thing for Gemini Man, I think. But Gemini Man, like... I mean, one, I think looks good, uh, but two, the CG on Will Smith, young Will Smith in that movie, looks really good. Well, they're starting to get that face stuff right with these movies. Like, we just, like I said, the Irishman trailer just dropped, and I don't know what everyone's talking about. I think it looks really good. Um, the CGI I'm talking about, I think everyone agrees the movie looks good, but, uh, like, it didn't look that weird. Like, there was, like, a little, like, if I really, like, tried to like look at it it looked a little off but it wasn't like distracting and here honestly i think one of the problems is they got the faces too right <laughs> you know like, it's, like it's a human face but they try to put like cat elements around it these are people but they're cats and this is kind of blowing my mind they didn't really do much to make the noses look like cat noses yeah so it looks like, like unnatural because if you look at the if you look at the actual musical it's, you know, they, they really put a lot of makeup in the face to make them look cat-like. And here, it was like the, that was, like, the thing they didn't think to do. <laughs> Which makes it even crazier. You know, and, I think of something like Avatar. Because Avatar is basically just... It's basically just blue cat people. Yeah, and they got those noses, right? Yeah, I mean, like, I know not everyone's crazy about Avatar. Like, I'm not in love with it either, but, like... That stuff's impeccable. Yeah. That's funny. I'm trying to think of something from after. I can't. I can't remember a fucking thing from that movie. You know what? I think if people revisit it, I don't think everyone's going to fall in love with it. But I think they'll be surprised at how efficient the movie is. I think a lot of people are. I think we're going to get a lot of Avatar's actually great takes in the next couple of years. I, I think so, it's pretty good. Yeah. Fucking whatever. No. Um. no everyone rewatch Avatar. Anyways, Far From Home has the uh, the opposite problem of uh those visual effects things because everything looks like a playstation 3 graphic and generally this wouldn't be a problem for me i'd be like whatever you know like captain marvel has iffy cg stuff especially in the finale holy shit but i I found myself really caring about like the journey of that movie uh and here i don't know what peter parker's journey is because he wants to go on vacation which i guess makes sense coming off of endgame and infinity war but, like, that's not where we left him off in his last movie. And so, like, none of that stuff matters in hindsight. Well, one of the things... Honestly, I think this is a prime example of this movie paying for the sins of the previous movie. Because um, this movie starts with a whole recap of, like, uh, the events, like, you know, the Infinity War shit, like, where half the people on Earth were killed and everything. And then everyone's back now. And it's, like, played, like, for laughs, right? Um, I, I and frankly, I like that here. I think it's fine here. The problem is, people have been complaining about this movie not doing much with it, 
with the whole like aftermath of Infinity War. I feel like that's on Infinity War. Infinity War should have done that shit. Like this is the time to kind of like be like, oh, eh, whatever. Let, this is this is like the place to decompress. I agree with that actually. The problem is like when this is my beef with like the, the producer shit now at this point, not really the movie. But when they're like, oh, this is the end to the Infinity Saga, it's like one, it's not a saga. You just made it up as you went along and you convinced people, and that's fine. Movies are hard to make. Anyone that says they plotted out like every movie, like from the get go, well, is most full I of mean, shit. that's not I what think, happens. I think we don't realize how much shit we love is usually made up on the fly. Yeah, and like right. we talked about that, like with Breaking Bad, like that's totally fine, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but, you can um, totally do it, but it's it's very clear that here the way they decided to build to it was by just telling filmmakers what they had to do. Yeah, and and yeah. so like the blip instead of the snap, they call it like whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't care about the names. Well, they it makes sense for them because like not everyone knows about Thanos snapping, probably. Yeah, that, that, that's true. But like, uh, it ends up meaning even less and it just becomes kind of like obnoxious in my opinion it's only sticks around for like the first half hour of the movie anyways which is maybe another criticism people might have of it that i kind of agree with uh because it doesn't doesn't amount to anything it's just like oh yeah that was crazy we're going to europe now and also this this kid has got super tall and hot and is actually a 30 year old man Mm -mm. but i actually to me it's like i think it would have what we have here would have worked had Infinity War been stronger. Honestly, yeah, probably. I, I think that it's the sins are on Infinity War and Endgame. Um, but that's that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the whole Mysterio sequence, who I actually like in the second half, in the first half, I'm like, he's fine. Like, he's clearly just, like, bland Marvel hero. There's a big problem with this movie where we all know Mysterio's the villain. <laughs> So it's not super interesting to watch, like, this slow build-up to a reveal. It would be if they leaned more into him being, like, a hero in any capacity. But it's, like, so clearly, like, the bare minimum footwork for that, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, I had a family on this other earth where I'm from. Oh, this is for my family, where it looks like he's going to sacrifice himself. It's like, there's no stakes to anything he's said or done. But it's also, but we've also had, like, three gags before that where it's very clear he has an ego. So... Mm Like, there's no falseness. Like, there's no, like, pretending, like, oh, he might actually be a stoic person. Yeah. I don't know. Um, That Mysterio sequence I wish was in a better movie, because that was, like, probably the highlight of the film. Oh, the the action in the second half, I think, is some of the best Marvel's ever done. Like, it's genuinely inventive to watch Spider-Man on the London Bridge trying to figure out, okay, this approach didn't work. I have to think this way. Okay, that didn't work. I can't. I'll think this. I got to do this. And sometimes even without, like, words. And I was like, hey, this is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, to watch him, like, actual problem solve was nice. Yeah. And, but, yeah, the Mysterio sequence, really great. Spider-Man, even earlier, Spider-Man just trying to keep a tower from falling is more engaging than most of Endgame. Yeah, it, this this Spider-Man stuff, like, people... I've seen some criticism lobbied at, like, the... Uh, there's Peter Parker not, like, throwing punches or whatever. Like, I don't... Like, what kind of complaint is that? Oh, my God. He's, like, a teenager. Like, let him not be a violent psychopath. Yeah. You know? Like, my least favorite part of him in Endgame is, like, when he's, like... When he activates the kill mode on the suit. And I'm, like, we just had a movie about him negating this. Like, why are they doing that now? You know? But whatever. Wouldn't it be funny if, like, it was an accident? Like, I could have bought that. (laughs) 
Oh, the kids are cute too. I really like this cast. Stuff I'm just like a lot. staring into the distance, thinking about Endgame. <laughs> it's like there's a world out there I could escape this from. <laughs> I could escape from this. And you know what that cat? You know what that world is populated no. with? It's fucking terrifying cat people. Here we go. <laughs> I don't know this. No. Do you know the plot for the musical Cats? No. Andrew Lloyd Webber's uh, masterpiece. Um, it's based on T.S. Eliot's um, Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats, which was a book of poetry about cats. I'm trying to think, how does one explain the plot of the musical Cats? You don't have to. It's Well, there's a tribe of cats called Jellicle Cats, and their, their leader's the old wise Deuteronomy. And once a year, every night, they pick one cat to ascend to heaven. And this cat will be reborn to live another life. That's it. What? <laughs> That's the plot of cats. You know what? I'm genuinely dumbfounded. I have nothing for that. And the whole musical is just different cats kind of like parading out and like being like, oh, this is what type of cat this person is and that's it for like two hours and there's oh, definitely wow. more there's definitely more to it but it's also like very more it's more implied like they don't really outright say anything like there's victoria the white cat who is like the young innocent cat she represents innocence she doesn't actually have a song she just dances like in between every other song that's weird and she is the first one um, to welcome, um, oh God, what's, what the fuck's her name? I forget the name. Um, Grizabella, who is, uh, the old, the glamour cat who, who has abandoned the tribe. She's the one who gets to ascend to heaven in the end. Mm. Spoilers. Oh, okay. Uh, even though the, the fucking trailer has her singing memory, so, um, that's Jennifer Hudson's character. You don't, memory? All alone in the moonlight? Oh, Okay. How dare you? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's basically the plot. And they're going to try and make this into a two-hour-plus movie. Well, I can't wait now. Um, I'm, I, I, it looks like they're going to try and make Victoria more of a central character with, like, wants and desires. Well, I mean, I'm I'm there opening night. I'm going to have a, a nice beer at the, the Hollywood Arclight. I'll probably try to check it out in the Cinerama Dome if it's going to show there. Oh, my God, that'd uh, be incredible. You know what? Actually, it's probably going to be Star Wars. That's it's probably going to be Star Wars, but uh, which I'm fine with because I want to see that on the big screen too. So you know, we we put off recording this episode so long that uh, famous theatrical composer and director Hal Prince died. Oh, he died just like two days ago. Um, but he has the greatest. He he did he um he worked with uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber on Phantom. Um, and he has this great quote where Andrew Lloyd Webber was presenting him with cats. He said, I looked at him curiously and said, Andrew, I don't understand. Is this about English politics? Are those cats Queen Victoria, Gladstone, and, oh, God, Desriel? Is that it? Ah, fuck. I don't know English bullshit. <laughs> he looked at me like I'd lost my mind, and after the longest pause said, Hal... This is just about cats. 
Oh my god. Who is that guy? He's like Iron Man and Thor rolled into one. He's no Spider-Man. What is it with you and Spider-Man? What, he looks out for the neighborhood, has a dope suit, and I really respect him. Sup, dickwad? Anyways, uh, in the, the, the St. James. <laughs> the cast of Far From Home is still remarkably cute and charming, and uh, Zendaya gets a lot more to do, but I still don't know anything about her. She she gets more to do, but I somehow fun. felt less about her in this film than I did in Homecoming. Like she's got she's like she does things, but she's not like a character really. I like the idea of Peter having this like group of like classmates even if he's not close with all of them but again why did they have to go to europe for this i like, like ned's i like ned's storyline i heard some people were getting annoyed by it and i was like you know what it was funny and it made me laugh and i like ned and betty it had a me. beginning middle and end yep that's why i'm cool with it even if the whole thing was a joke a pointless joke it was a joke that worked i think the, i think the jokes on the audience though it's like, oh, you fuckers wanted a fucking story, huh? Here's one. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, well, director John Watts didn't co-write this one, I found out. He only uh. co-wrote the first one, and I think that actually might be a big reason for this feeling so, like, flaccid. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say, like, I was given Homecoming kind of kind of crap just because it wasn't, like, the most visually interesting Marvel movie. This one has, like, striking moments and images, which was nice. <laughs> The bare minimum of a movie. Well, like, that Mysterio sequence was really good. Like, that's, like, the big set piece. Yeah, and it still looks too cheap. Like, because it's, it's... I know it's, like, an illusion, but Peter should be buying into it. And if he looks, like, less well-visualized than, like, the PlayStation 4 Spider-Man game, I know we're in trouble. I don't know. Um, I but, never but had a problem. that is my favorite part. I never had sure. a problem with that. Um, But... Again, I also just didn't really care. Yeah, see, I think that's my problem. I actually cared about these movies at one point, and I actually was, like, invested. Well, I did. I did, too. I, I, I did, too. And then I realized that I was the fool. And that, oh, they're products, right. This is, this is a pointless battle. Like, trying to make these better is pointless. No, you know what? I say fuck that still, though. Because there's no reason that these should not be the best movies, like, in the business right now. They have all—they have everything they need. No, there's no way for them to be good. It's impossible. The way these movies are set up and designed, what they are meant to do, it's impossible for them to be good. I still don't believe that. Mostly because I still believe that there are, like, legitimately good movies in this series. There are, but they're all— weaker by being connected to the marvel universe they all could be great movies if you took them out of marvel like like even like i like thor ragnarok a lot but even that felt like it was constrained by just the rules of these marvel films black panther another one i really liked i also felt was constrained captain marvel which i liked also felt constrained like if these movies were given some breathing room that they just aren't allowed to have because they're a cog in an assembly line and the the key thing on the assembly line isn't these movies it's the audience we we are we are being sold this shit and we we are part of the machine they just want us to keep selling it we're just selling it to each other it's a fucking pyramid scheme you know what by the end of this 
I, I wrote this down, but like that first post credit scene, it feels like the final finger curl of the monkey's paw. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh yeah, J.K. Simmons is back as J. Jonah Jameson, but he's also like an Alex Jones type. Which he is in the, the PlayStation game as well, but I was like, this is funny and it works here. I don't want this to be the standard of J. Jonah Jameson. I feel like that I just lost the war on that. Like, that's gonna happen now. I don't give a fuck about that. Ugh. Like, that was nice to see. Sure, but then it's just like, oh, here's the, the thing for the next movie, because nothing we did up to this point mattered. You fucking fool. You're playing right into their hand. Like, it's, that shot's there just to get us to react to it. It, it. it means nothing. None of these movies mean anything. It's all, it's all fucking pointless. No, you know what? I still stand by it. The best of these movies still have things that they, they want to say, and they, they have things that mean something to the characters of the audience. So when something like this happens, it pisses me off even more, even though it's really just like a fine movie. Like, it exists. You're going to realize the folly of your ways when Guardians 3 comes out and has to pick up all the pieces that were left by Endgame and Infinity War. No, you know what? I thought about that too, but Thor 4 is coming out first, and Thor's kicking it with the Guardians right now. So I'm really hoping that Taika Waititi just does whatever he does. Like, pick coming up, like, Thor the Dark World and Age of Ultron. Like, what? I like Age of Ultron, but, like, what were you even going to do with Thor at that point? And he made it work, you know? So, like, if he could pick up after that, I I feel like he could do something fun at least to, like, kind of sweep up the aftermath. And so that way Guardians 3 can still be its own thing. And that's all I want. Okay, terrorist. What? Again, you fall right into the fucking hand of these fucking dictators. <laughs> fucking fascists. Like, oh, the Guardian's Thor, eh, whatever, won't that be fun, you fuck? <laughs> You're all fools. <laughs> we have but to look, stop I... this. But before we do stop this, I just have to run down the last couple points, because I know you don't give a shit about any of this anymore. I do give a shit about one thing. No. <laughs> that. No. I don't know if you know this, Diego. But the room tug tugger is a curious cat. These are people, but they're cats, and this is kind of blowing my mind. Again, I don't know why Peter needed to go to Europe for this. Uh, there's nothing in this film that couldn't have been explored in New York City with Spider Man just coming across a dude named Mysterio who wanted to be a hero, even if he was using it to, for his own benefit to like rob banks or some shit. I don't know why he needed to be a Tony Stark employee. I don't know why they keep tying everything from Spider-Man to Tony Stark's. That narrows the, the universe too much. That narrows down Peter Parker's arc too much. And the first scene where it completely just, like, ruined the movie for me was when there's a drone sequence and it's played for comedy. Uh, I, I've been told that Peter Parker's arc is still about him letting go of Tony Stark's, like, lineage and getting out from under his shadow. But that's what the first film was about. So here they just do it again. And I guess we're supposed to be okay with Peter Parker building a new suit with Stark Tech on a Stark jet. Um, I don't know. That was, like, heartbreaking to me. And it, it, it left me very sad, actually. But I don't know. Maybe I'm in the wrong. People tell me that the next one will make everything clear. Because that's, like, a thing with these movies. Uh, I don't know. Jake Gyllenhaal was fun for, like, two scenes. I'm glad he got a paycheck so he can keep doing, like, weird art house movies that no one else watches. Oh, yeah, and Nick Fury and Maria Hill are in this, and they mean nothing. And it turns out they're scrolls. 
which is a joke and also doesn't mean anything. And that's it. That's Spider-Man Far From Home. His identity's revealed, so their version of Spider-Man 3 is totally going to be like a version of Craven's Last Hunt. Apparently John Watts is a big fan of Craven, so they're trying to like wrestle the Craven rights away from Sony because they want to make a Craven movie over there. Don't do that, by the way. That's stupid. Um, I'm cool with him being the villain for the third one. I'm sure I'll probably watch it because I'll still be doing these podcasts and I'll need to talk about these movies to get those SEO clicks. So who knows? Um, I'm looking forward to talking about Cats in Full come December 21st or whenever that's coming out. You know who? Uh, do you know who? Um, um, Craven is going to team up with in the Craven's Last Hunt film. Jason Derulo. Mongo Jerry and Rumble Teaser, the notorious cat burglars. <laughs> they were not in the trailer. That was very disappointing. I I still know nothing. You've been explaining to me this whole time, <laughs> and I still know nothing. Well, by, by explaining, I've just been kind of screaming the names of these characters, but I don't think it would help. I believe it is old Deuteronomy. These are people, but they're cats, and this is kind of blowing my mind. Oh, fuck. That was Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, no, it wasn't. <laughs> Matt didn't really have criticism, but the first thing he texted me when he got out of the theater was that he didn't watch a movie, a movie watched him. And I think that's about appropriate. <laughs> okay, any, any last thoughts on anything before we, we send the good people off? On our long journey through Spider-Man's history. Um, does anyone know if it was Mungo Jerry or Rumble Teaser? I'm at Emperor OTN at Twitter.com. I'm at Twitter.com as well at the Diego Crespo. Check out the Waffle Press on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you can get your podcasts. They're probably there if they're the ones I just listed. Otherwise, they're not there. Sorry. I can't help you with that. But maybe one day I can by uh, you supporting us on Patreon. Go go check that out. So make my suffering worth it. And so I can make Matt's suffering worth it too if we get enough support. Because oh, right I now, actually, this podcast I, is basically pays for the SoundCloud. I actually do have a real question. Uh-huh. What is the third name of Cats? The one that no human research can discover. What? Goodbye, everybody. Are you going to try for a different life? A new day has begun.